Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. I'm Anna, and along with my indie partner Rosie, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions indie businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys, and I hope you'll join me for the ride. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Independent Oxford podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tom of the Treehouse Festival of Music and Arts. Hello, Tom. Hi, Anna. Thanks so much for having me. That's all right. Thank you for coming in. So, you run one of Oxfordshire's music and arts festivals. That's really exciting, right? It is indeed. Yeah, I do. So I run Treehouse Festival of Music and Arts, which is a very small boutique music and arts festival hosted in Uffington beneath the uh, ancient Whitehorse Hill. And a treehouse. A treehouse, yeah. That you built? It is a treehouse that I built, yeah. So the festival is centred around my beloved treehouse, which is a two-storey um giant treehouse uh, built in a 150 year old ancient oak tree um, it's got two stories it's got a wood-burning stove it's got a bedroom um, and it's my happy place that is just I mean that's like every kid's dream isn't it actually to have a treehouse that well isn't just like a load of pallets nailed to a, to a tree <laughs> that yeah. actually functions as a proper space that's amazing um so well one a festival in Oxford, which is very exciting. Two, how, one, how did the festival come about? Two, how did the treehouse come about? Because that's very exciting too. Yeah, I'll answer number two first because it all sort of makes sense. So I had a very um, lucky childhood in that I spent my uh, my formative years playing on my grandma's farm um, in Uffington and I really enjoyed building tree houses. Uh, so they started off, as you mentioned, you know, a pallet in a tree, um, you know, kind of balanced there precariously. Uh, I was in the scout, so I learned some knots. So then we used some knots to make some tree houses. And then I kind of got to my teenage years and really um, it was just a passion that took off where, you know, all of my weekends were spent building tree houses in the woods with my friends. Um, and it never really stopped. You know, I, I managed to um, go to Oxford, did engineering, um, landed my place, you know, talking about tree houses in my interview. Uh, interestingly, every interview I've ever had that's successful, I have talked about tree houses. Okay. Every unsuccessful one, I haven't spoken about tree houses. Um, and yeah, that was it really, a, a kind of a love affair with tree houses. Um, I went traveling and spent three months building a very luxury treehouse on a five-star eco yoga retreat in Thailand. Wow. Um, and I then came back to the UK and landed my dream job as a treehouse carpenter and structural engineer, building treehouses around the UK, um, just, just living the dream, really. I mean, so my other half, he loves watching that, is it, um, the treehouse building tree program? Treehouse masters, That's yeah. it, yes, in America. And I, I can see it in America. People have got big gardens and lots of land, and they build these, like, crazy four-bedroom treehouses with swimming pools in them or whatever, whatever. England, I didn't think there was as much of a market, but sounds like there is. There is indeed, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, maybe not quite as big a scale as the US, but still some pretty um, pretty large, pretty amazing tree houses, few and far between. You know, you need some very big trees, some very established trees, uh, and you need a garden that's probably not overlooked for kind of planning permission uh, regulations. But we built tree houses for, for lots of private individuals, lots of schools, for the National Trust, for other organisations. You know, these are anywhere from... Uh, you know, sort of a kids' play area through to a, a bar, through to a um, a sauna, uh, a classroom, a drama studio, all of these different uses for tree houses. Amazing. Okay. So how did that end up being a festival? 
Yeah. So, so when I was at uni, I spent my summer holidays building my, my current tree house. Uh, so I would work on my grandma's farm, earn some cash to buy some wood, and then spend the rest of the summer kind of painstakingly building this tree house. Um, this was sort of pre-doing it professionally, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, had a bit of experience, but but essentially would jump up and down, and if it wobbled, put a few more extra bits of wood. Put some more nails in it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but having hung out in these tree houses for years with my friends, it had always been this sort of pipe dream of uh, having a festival. You know, we threw parties there. We sort of, you know, these parties had grown over the years. And we'd always thought, you know, actually, it would be amazing to put on a music festival. Um, you know, originally the tree house was going to be the DJ booth. That doesn't actually work because people dancing looking up 30 foot into the air doesn't doesn't quite work on your Craning neck. your neck bit, yeah. <laughs> but the idea had been born over a beer on the treehouse balcony and uh, 2017, we decided to make it a reality. Amazing. So, so that was the first year of the festival. Um, essentially, it was a big party with all of our friends. Um, we called it Treehouse Festival um, and it was born, really. We had 50 people. 2018, we doubled that to 100 people, um, made it a bit more professional. So we sold tickets, we had a food truck, we had a bar. Uh, 2019, again, you know, up the ante, 150 people. Um, another food truck, a bit more production value. You know, we had two stages that year. And then 2020, of course, with COVID, um, you know, we had big plans to really expand the festival. Um, we managed to run a virtual festival back in June of last year, um, where I ran the entire thing from a phone hotspot from the treehouse balcony. Uh, we had bands zooming in from their living rooms. We had gardeners question time. We had life drawing. We had all sorts of activities. Um, and then amazingly, we were Oxfordshire's only music festival last year. And we managed to run a Treehouse Festival in September of 2020, which I still can't quite believe we managed to make happen. I think that's very impressive. How, how did you make that happen? Yeah, it was a challenge. So uh, essentially, we were in that period between the first lockdown and the second lockdown, yep. where it felt like we were approaching normality. And businesses were legally allowed to run outdoor events. So based around that premise, I, uh, I went to the local county council and I applied for what's called a temporary event notice, which is what you need to run a small festival with less than 499 people. Uh, I submitted somewhere in the region of 50 to 60 pages of documentation detailing how we were going to maintain social distance throughout the site, how we were going to have comprehensive hand washing, hand sanitization, track and trace, SIA security, all of the things. The whole that, shebang. The whole shebang <laughs> that you'd not only need for a normal festival, but to run a festival socially distanced, um, essentially in a relatively small space. So so we halved the numbers. We had 100 people. Um, we knew exactly who everyone was. Everyone had to buy a ticket beforehand. Uh, we had one-way systems in front of these stages. Everybody wore their masks. Uh, lots of COVID marshals reminding everybody of the protocols. Wow. Uh, and everyone was really well behaved. It was, it was a really kind of amazing to see, you know, 50 people in a mask dancing in front of a stage, you know, for the first time in a year. And yeah. it, was, it was pretty special. That, yeah, that must have taken a lot, of, a lot of effort on your part, but it sounds like it was, yeah, totally worth it for to be the only festival that actually ran last year amazing it was yeah it was super last minute we secured the um the license 14 days before the festival oh my gosh um <laughs> so it was sort of from that point it was all you know all action stations everybody getting involved uh, to pull it together and it was yeah it's kind of this outpouring of um 
appreciation. It was really interesting having so many conversations with people around around mental health, basically, sort of saying, actually, this has been a really important event for my summer, not not just for the fun side of it, but for being able to dance, for being able to flirt, for being able to have a conversation or meet a new person or or just kind of be around people. Yeah. And uh, let yourself go a little bit as well, which exactly. what a lot of people do at festivals. But we, we all need that space to kind of let go, don't we? I think we do. And, and being able to curate that within what had been deemed and what was a safe environment was really important because there wasn't that that guilt of, okay, actually, I'm going to go and see maybe one too many people at the guidelines. It was actually, this is all this is all above board. This is all official. The safety process is in place so that actually I can let my hair down. And I know, you know, I know the rules. I know I need to wear my mask here. I need to go one way here. I need to wash my hands here. But apart from that, you know, it's, it's essentially back to normal. Fair game. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you mentioned there about uh, the events, so the festival having kind of life drawing and, and kind of um, working with people's mel- uh, well-being and kind of helping that. So you say the festival's music and arts, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it? It is kind of, it's quite a rounded approach to a festival. You've got lots of different activities taking part, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, it's yeah, music is definitely the forefront. Art is sort of the kind of the overarching guiding principle that it's a very creative event, you know, Everything is incredibly aesthetic, but as you mentioned, it's those those well-being, those kind of self-development, those introspection workshops that actually are the things that people talk about most. You know, people think, "Oh, I remember the um, the, the life drawing workshop from 2017 in the TP, where it was all pretty close, actually." You know, with <laughs> hindsight, or I think back to the Shibari workshop of 2019 that was, you know, I stumbled upon and kind of blew my mind because I'd never been involved in anything kind of like that before. Or um, the breathwork workshop of the virtual festival where, you know, lying on your living room floor, you are being guided through a Wim Hof breathwork workshop. And actually, you know, this becomes your new meditation practice. So, yeah, people really like that side of things. And uh, it's actually something we're trying to really put more effort into this year um, where you know we love the music and musicians are the real lifeblood of Treehouse Festival but we're never going to be competing with the lineups of you know Glastonbury, Wilderness Festival, Reading and you know why would we where actually what we're trying to create is something really unique um, that has all of those aspects but through the workshops that's really where people tend to connect you know you go into a workshop and you might, might be a bit nervous you might be a bit out of your comfort zone but actually you're there with another dozen people that are in the same boat and you know you go out and maybe you do some acro yoga or maybe you do some pilates or maybe you go on a foraging walk and then you know through that you have the opportunity to talk to chat um and then afterwards you know you're like okay well should we should we grab a beer and maybe we could talk about you know that that weird and wonderful experience we just had it's amazing how a shared experience kind of does bring people together isn't it so these activities, were they always part of the inspiration behind the festival when you know, when you first started out or is it kind of evolved over time? It's really evolved. Like primarily to start with, we were a music festival. Yeah. That was, you know, we had, we built a stage, we had some bands, we got lucky with the weather, it didn't rain. Um, That's what you wanted with a festival. Exactly. Festival. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially we had beer and music and that was it. And then over the years, we've really invited people to contribute and collaborate. And that's been where people are sort of, have volunteered their workshop or, you know, they might be a facilitator or they know a facilitator that is is really into the music but, you know, wants to come along and actually offer something to the festival. So 
we are we're very open to that and we're now getting to the point that people are approaching us and saying actually I've heard about your festival you know I've got a friend of a friend of a friend you know I, I facilitate on gong baths was the latest email I had you know this concept of having a sound bath in these kind of deep rhythmic vibrations um, and we've now got a chap that's going to come you know from Bristol and is going to run you know a, a gong bath that would be an event of itself you know in, a, in an evening or a weekend in Bristol which is which is really exciting. Oh that is really exciting oh so you know, apart from the music and these activities is there anything else that people can expect from the festival? It's a good question. Um, we so this year we're going to um, facilitate a guided bike ride from Oxford. Um, we find that a lot of people that come are really into either their fitness or their activity. Um, so instead of the site is a little bit tricky to get to. So instead of having to worry, you know, with buses and cars and everything, especially with the COVID restrictions on going, um, people can turn up to the Oxford train station, jump on their bike, throw their bags into the back of the van, uh, which will be kind of there when they arrive and, and head over. So other bits is that we have a, a guided run in the morning for those nice. that aren't too hungover. Um, up around the Whitehorse Hill, we have the Acro Yoga Workshop, which is, uh, which is one of my favourites. We have um, so what is acro yoga? Oh, yeah. So acro yoga is acrobatic <laughs> yoga. Okay. So if you picture um, doing yoga, but instead of being balanced on the floor or sat on the floor, you're balanced on somebody else. So this is my big kind of hobby outside of work. Um, so an example might be, um, you know, when you're a kid and you do the aeroplane with your um, with your dad where... You know, someone's lying on their back and then you're balanced on their feet, sort of pretending to zoom yes. around. So it's an adult version of that. Okay. Uh, that that <laughs> doesn't didn't okay. come out quite right. <laughs> Clothes remain on at it's all, all PG. time. It's yeah. all PG. It's all PG. That's fine. And then it gets up to sort of circus skill level where you have people throwing each other in the air, catching each other, people doing handstands balanced on other people. Um, and we have, so we have an acro yoga performance, okay. which is run by the Oxford Acro Yoga Society of which I'm a member. Who knew? Okay. Yeah, another another brilliant Oxford uh, organisation, and they do the they do the performance, and then the next day we have the workshop where people that sort of are stood there thinking, oh, that doesn't that looks pretty easy? I could probably have a go at that. Are able to under careful tuition have a go and try it out. Okay. Wow, that is not what I expected from a festival, but sounds <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, with not much alcohol in them. Which would be slightly more exactly, safe. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so cool. the workshop's <laughs> early morning just to try and uh, yeah, give people the best opportunity. Okay, cool. Great. So is there anything that you wish you'd known when you started the festival out that you, yeah, you wish you'd known now? Yeah, definitely. I think what I wish I'd known was around social media presence. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on social media. And for the first two, three years, the festival was really kind of just a representation of me. Um, and it was... It was always interesting putting things out there because I wasn't putting it from the layer of a business. It was it was just me promoting essentially myself, um, which I wasn't really comfortable with. And I would do it to get enough hype to kind of get enough people um, and really relied on word of mouth. But now, with hindsight, I wish I'd been a bit more proactive um, in essentially building that brand. Um, you know, I do a lot of other things. Um, so treehouse would kind of fall by the wayside I guess you'd say over the winter um, and with hindsight 
if I'd kept and been a bit more, you know, you always hear consistency is the word that people mention with social media. Consistent presence, yes. That's it. And I was wildly inconsistent. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I now have an incredible social media manager, Carla, who who does all of our social posts and um, is, you know, quite frankly, fantastic. Okay. That's good to know. It does help when you've got a team behind you with all the different various skills. It does. It really does. Okay. Yes. What are your plans for the festival as it grows? So obviously, you know, you've got this year, which sounds like, well, actually, you've not got many tickets left, have you, for this year? No, we don't. So amazingly, we, we sold out 50% in 24 hours. Um, wow. I think we're about a week and a half into ticket sales now. and We've just got 30 tickets left when I checked this morning. So they're going fast. Um, we are expecting to sell out pretty quickly. So if anyone out there is interested, uh, all the ticket information is on the Independent Oxford blog. Yes, it is. Uh, and the website. Um, but yeah, so plans for this year are a 200 tickets available, plus 50 tickets for volunteers, performers, um, all of those good people. And then in terms of plans for future years, we're limited by the site to a maximum of 500 people. So, you know, at this point, we're not looking to turn it into this kind of big 10, 20, 30,000 person festival. What we really want is to create a community that, you know, we max out at 500 people and, you know, it's probably going to be quite hard to get a ticket. But if you manage to get a ticket, you know that, you know, you're going to go to this really unique, really curated high production event that is actually going to grow with the demographic of the guests. Yeah. You know, at the moment, most people are young professionals. They travel from Oxford and London. You know, they, they have, um, you know, they live for their weekends. In five years time, I'm expecting that I'll be thinking a lot more about, okay, Kids are going to come to the event. Dogs are going to come to the event. You know, people might not want to camp. Maybe they want glamping. Maybe they want to stay off site. You know, a slightly different sort of curated event. And that's the plan is that Treehouse Festival will will evolve both with me, but with the demographic of my friends and the people that want to come along. It's really lovely to hear that because you do get a lot of businesses that start out and go, no, this is what I'm doing. This is my vision. And this is all going to stick to. And, you know, the most successful businesses that Rosie and I see are the ones that go, actually, you know what, I know it's going to change and I'm happy with that and actually I'm totally on board with it and that if it does change as the demographic changes, you know, that's that's okay and that's really refreshing to hear actually because, yeah, if in five years' time there's toddlers running around, then great, but people are still enjoying the festival and that's really nice. Exactly, yeah, and then the, the other big kind of development for this year is we're trying to expand out outside of the the, the, the annual festival. Yep. You know, we, we've really got this amazing community of people that, quite frankly, want to hang out more than once a year. So we're trying to kind of cater to that. And we're looking at introducing more smaller regular events in Oxford and in London throughout the year, whether those are um, sort of, you know, pub meetups, whether it's a life drawing class, whether it's a, um, you know, kind of like a weekend retreat, let's say. Um, and then we are going to introduce another bigger event or sort of not as big as the actual festival but a treehouse retreat which is going to be happening in the first weekend of October this year for the first time uh, and we're really excited about it and it's essentially going to be treehouse festival of music and arts without the music okay so very much focused on the creative side of things and I imagine kind of life drawing more acro yoga by the sounds of it yeah lots yeah, more okay. acro yoga yeah <laughs> and it's so we're going to gear it instead of bringing in um, you know, those acclaimed performers will be bringing in those acclaimed facilitators. So, you know, you, you, your your lineup, if you might think of it, is instead of it being bands, it will be these facilitators that will be coming from all over the country. And we've already got some amazing names sort of uh, tentatively scheduled in. And 
this time around, all food will be provided. So we've got an amazing caterer who's going to be providing vegetarian and vegan food. Glamping will be an offer. So it will be a slightly different, maybe more bougie offering than the uh, than the normal festival. That's great. And so when, when will tickets go on sale with that? Do we know yet? Or well, that... I'm sort of scrambling to get everything ready. But the idea is that tickets will go on sale just before the actual Treehouse Festival. So the idea being that people can come along, get a flavour for what we are all about, mm -hmm. and then after the festival they can then sign up for the retreat. Exciting stuff. Oh, that is good. And I heard that you're possibly looking for more kind of facilitators, more people to kind of add events to that package. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm sort of desperate to talk to anyone that might like to be involved, um, okay. whether those are you know, facilitators from Oxford or London or surrounds, um, whether it is maybe organisations within Oxfordshire, whether independent Oxford, uh, other organisations that might want to come along and, and collaborate in some, you know, some shape or form. Yeah. Um, and that could be anything really, you know, from someone that might want to bring, you know, a, a food stand or a coffee stand, whether it's someone that might want to collaborate in, in something creative. Um, yeah, all, all options are open. Okay, that's great. Really looking forward to that. And you, you mentioned obviously the site that is very important. You obviously got a treehouse there. You've got the white horse. Is there is there a reason why Oxford is so uh, magical for having a kind of festival in the, in this space? Yeah, I think so. I, I I grew up outside of Oxford and then and moved here and have lived here ever since. And I love Oxford because it seems to be this hotbed of very passionate very intellectual, very creative people, um, which in my mind are the three most important ingredients for a successful festival. Um, so I think we've kind of onto a winning combination. Um, you know, there are some other really amazing festivals around Oxfordshire. Um, and I think essentially people, people know what they want and they're willing to sort of invest in that. And that's really probably the most amazing thing about Treehouse Festival is that people you know, in 10 years' time, they want to be able to say, I was at Treehouse number one, I was at Treehouse number three. I saw that performance for the first time and now that band's blown up or something. Yeah, that would be, yeah, be a really lovely thing to say, isn't it? You know, they start at the Treehouse Festival and then they go on to play some of the much bigger festivals, which, you know, I like the fact that you've said it's not going to be a massive festival and you've gone, no, these are our parameters and we're going to stick to those. That's really nice. I think that's really important to do and... Hopefully, yeah, bring something really special to it. So, yeah, go. I went to number six or number two or whatever. Yeah, I, I was always really inspired by Secret Garden Party, where they, they limited themselves to the 10 years. And I always assumed that they would just keep going. And, you know, that was a bit of a marketing campaign. But the fact that actually, you know, they had this 10-year stint and it built and built and built. And then they had this fantastic crescendo and then it stopped. And, you know, they moved on to other projects. And I really respect that. You know, you kind of use, you set your boundaries and it's not to say they might not come back in the future, but I've always been really inspired by that approach. Yeah, leave it on a high as exactly. well. Something quite nice about that. Knowing, right, that last one was the best one we've done. Great. Let's do something else. Cool. Let's do it again, yeah. but in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So do you have any particular kind of favourite indies in Oxford that, you know, you're a big fan of? Well, I do, and I, I'm, I'm laughing because I think I might get in trouble that I, if I don't mention Oxwash, um, who I... I was waiting for that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I am the co-founder of Oxwash. I must give us give ourselves a, a shout-out, but um, really it's JCT, Jericho Coffee Traders, that I'm a, a huge fan of. So their roastery is in the same building as our Oxwash office in Osneymead, uh, and I am pretty much there every single day. Um, they are the most lovely... 
um, fantastic people um, who are, you know, coincidentally coming to serve coffee at Treehouse this year. I wonder why, yeah. Yeah, so um, (laughs) no, we got on really well and it's brilliant following their journey Um, and I just think they're just absolutely brilliant business. Their journey has been fantastic actually, the way that they've kind of evolved and and you know, adapted over the last kind of year particularly as well has been great and the fact you know they've now got the roastery they've got and they've opened that up and they've put a lovely new um kind of coffee bar in they there have, haven't yeah, they? yeah it's beautiful which you are probably very familiar <laughs> with by the sounds of it <laughs> any others um any others i love prana yoga um they're another another one that i sort of that i was introduced to through oxwash yeah. but happened to know a few of their facilitators or through their, their yoga teachers in a kind of personal capacity and I just think it's the most beautiful space in an incredible location and really sort of serves that need of kind of the the growing yoga boom, but in what feels to be a really authentic sense. That seems like that's something that's very important to you, keeping stuff small and concise and kind of, yeah, well packaged. (laughs) It is, it is, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us today, Thomas. It's been really lovely to find out more about Treehouse Festival. Um, so like you said, there's 30 tickets left at the time of recording this. Um, but how can people find out more and buy tickets? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. It's been, it's been really fun. Um, we are treehouse underscore HQ on Instagram. Um, and our website is treehouse-festival.com. Uh, all of the information's on there as well as on the independent website, independent Oxford website. Independentoxford.com. Yeah, that's all great. Well, thank you very much, Tom. And we'll uh, hopefully see you at a festival soon. Thanks so much. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear our indie stories. Bye for now.